A special welcome to all of our guests visiting Jamestown this weekend and to our graduates from the University of Jamestown. As we go into the world, this is the 59th annual World Day of Prayer for Vocations. We're praying that you will hear the voice of the Lord more fully and more wholeheartedly, and that you will share and rejoice in what God wants to do with your life and your accomplishments. There is no greater joy than following the will of the Good Shepherd. This past week, as you can see in front of the altar, we had our May Day crowning. We crowned Mary as Queen of Heaven and Earth, our mother who said yes to life. And this weekend, I'd like to take the opportunity to wish all of our mothers, our godmothers, our grandmothers, and all those who are witnesses to life, who have nursed and nourished and nurtured us in any way possible. It's beautiful to celebrate life, and without mothers, we would not have this ability. This weekend is not only the National Day of Prayer for Vocations, it's also Good Shepherd Sunday. Now, if you page through the Bible, you're going to have all kinds of imagery of the Good Shepherd with the sheep. Especially in the Old Testament, where our Lord is so concerned about Israel. He loves them. He pours out his heart to them. But they are not always obedient to him. They don't always want to come to him. But God is always waiting as the good shepherd for the sheep to come home. And I think it's a good weekend this weekend to pray for all those who have not come back from the COVID pandemic. And we pray that we have the courage when the timing is right to invite our brothers and sisters home to the Good Shepherd who we receive in Holy Communion. In our reading today with this image of the Good Shepherd, in that beautiful first reading after Jesus went to heaven, the apostles now are starting to be Good Shepherds in the world. And Paul and Barnabas today in that first reading open their hearts to the voice of the Good Shepherd and they allow the Good Shepherd to coach them. I think there are three questions we can reflect on as we began our Sunday homily. The first question, am I humble enough to be coached by the Good Shepherd? To recognize he is greater than me, to recognize where he is calling me, to follow him. The second question I think we have to ask is, am I humble enough to be taught by him? Do I give him that time every day to sit at his feet? Because that's what he desires from us as children, to be in that deep communal relationship. And I think that's why it's so important that we have adoration going here in the church every day, and you have the privilege to come here every day to spend that time with the living God and the Good Shepherd. The third question I think we have to ask is, am I humble enough to be corrected by Him? To allow Him to call me out of my sinfulness and closer to His heart. To be coached, 
to be taught, to be corrected, is what the Good Shepherd desires from each of us. In that beautiful second reading we hear in the book of Revelation, Jesus says a lamb, listen to his father on what to do. And he carried out all aspect of the father's will for him in his life. This lamb is our shepherd that we hear about in this second reading. He's the one who's calling us home. He's the one who's inviting us to eternal life. Because God is speaking to his people on a regular basis. We have to put ourselves in a position where we can hear and believe God is speaking to us. Because he waits for our response. And that's why hearing demands a response because God wants to speak to you individually and to all of us as a community. That's why we gather at the altar as his word is proclaimed. Now our good shepherd tells and promises us that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Three great points in that first sentence of that short gospel for us to reflect on. Now I think it's interesting because on one of my seven pilgrimages to the Holy Land, one of my first ones, I took a Judeo-Christian guide to lead us to the spots so that I could get a better handle on the Jewish background and belief as we walked in the footsteps of Jesus. Now, as we were traveling through the Holy Land, the tour guide was pointing out that's where Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish. That's where he walked on the sea. That's where he cursed and the fig tree died. That's where Lazarus came out of the tomb when he called him. That's where the blind man's eyes were open. The deaf man's ears were opened as well. So as we approached the tomb and he told us that Jesus had risen from the dead, I said, I know you know your Jewish roots real well, but you kind of are skittish when it comes to Christianity. I'm not calling you out. I'm going to ask you a question. I said, if you can tell me Jesus is doing all these things, how come you're not in full communion with the Catholic Church? And the man very vividly in his response said, you have the gift of faith. Don't take it for granted. I don't. Folks, this is a problem in the world today with the atheists. We believe in God. Sometimes other people don't. Why is that so important? Because to hear his voice is equally important in today's gospel. So I asked this tour guide, who is this Jesus? And his response was, he was a perfect Jewish boy. If we use the word perfect, we'd almost have to say we have to include that in a definition of God. So how does that work that the sheep follow the voice of the shepherd? I think it all boils down to this thing called faith. Faith disposes a person to be able to hear the voice of God. Now there are some people who never hear the voice of God. 
So I'd like to say to the degree I have faith, the more I am exposed in my heart to hear his voice. The deeper my faith, the more likely I will hear his voice. To the degree I don't have faith in my heart, he can speak all day long and my heart is closed to hearing his voice. That's why every day when I go through the readings, the scriptures, I try to put myself into the story. Maybe some days I'm a spectator. Other days I might be one of the crowd. One day I might be Peter. And Jesus is speaking to me directly. The more personal I make it, the more I hear his voice. And that's why this weekend I'd like for us to reflect on three dispositions of the soul that come from faith in God and it is needed especially in our trials. Yesterday, we did a graveside cemetery. We did a spring burial of a funeral that happened this past year. I remember watching the crowd, and of course, everybody at the time of a funeral or a burial is in grief, shedding tears. But where is God in the midst of the storm? These are going to be the three points I'd like for us to reflect on. First is, in faith, the soul is convicted. God only wants what is best for me. If I have faith, I come to that realization. God only wants what is best for me. Folks, that's all about love. That's the definition of love. Does God love me? If you don't believe it, look at the crucifix. He went to die for me. If that is the disposition of my soul, that God wants what's best for me, I want to hear his voice. Because he's going to make me better. I want to do his will, because it is what is best for me. Now if I'm afraid, and I don't have faith, I won't go to understand what he wants for me. I won't even ask him. I'm not interested in what he has to say. That's why faith is so important. We can look at Mary as our example. As we crowned her this past week, when the angel came to her, she said, let it be done to me according, not to my will, let it be done to me according to his will. Mary is a great example that she understands that God only wants what is best for her. Point number two, the soul that has faith is convinced that the constant teaching of the church is the voice of the good shepherd in the world today. For one who has faith, the soul is convicted that the church is the voice of Christ, the good shepherd in the world today. If that's the case, how do I prepare for mass? Reading through the scriptures. How do I study opening the catechism? How do I reflect on the lives of the saints? Am I interested at all what the Holy Father, as St. Peter says to the world today? God uses his church to teach us. 
If that is the case, I want to know the teaching. I am open to the teaching. I study, I ponder, I reflect. <clears throat> there might be an example where you feel all alone, that nobody else around you even cares. You don't think anybody else loves you and you have to do everything by yourself. What would the church say in this moment? You are never alone because a good shepherd is walking with you. Jesus is always there guiding you and directing you. When you are alone, you possibly have pulled away in faith from the voice of the good shepherd. That's why it's important that we come to look at all the moral values and we follow the teaching of the church. You know, the moral issues demand generosity. And that's why we cannot follow the voice of the world. In the voice of the world, it might say, you know what, it's okay if I come to school today as a cat. That's not so with the truth of God because you have a dignity as a male or a female and you have to accept because he wills what is best for me, he created me to the best of who I am. How do I respond? We are not cats. We are sons and daughters of Almighty God. <clears throat> Point number three, the soul in faith has a great desire to follow him. My sheep hear my voice because they want to follow me. I want to hear his voice because I want to obey him. This is the third point. I remember growing up among some of my classmates especially. When I got to middle school and high school, there was rebellion. There was resistance. Now I'd like to say it didn't happen to me, and I'd like to say it happened to my brothers and sisters, but obviously that would be a lie. Why do we do that? Because we don't want to hear the voice of those who lead us. We don't want to follow their guidance because we want to be independent. That's not at all about today's gospel. My sheep hear my voice because they want to follow me. That voice in the world today is the church. So what is driving us to hear his voice? Is this that I can get my way? Or that my will be done? Or he makes me feel a certain way? If he wills what is best for me, he comforts me, he loves me, and my soul is convicted, and I want to know his voice to follow him. When is the last time he spoke to you? I guarantee it was this morning. Can we identify what he has said? Now, if you've not heard his voice this morning, we have to ask the question, how do we draw closer to him this week? So that we are not listening to the forces of evil that don't want us to hear the truth. Like that an unborn baby has a soul made in the image and likeness of God giving life to that baby's body. When we don't listen to the good shepherd and the voice of the truth which is spoken through the church, we believe we can play God and do what we want with it. 
That's why I think it's interesting. Because if we look at Jeremiah as I was preparing for this homily, in one of my daily holy hours, chapter 1, our Lord says to each of us, the voice of truth speaking through the church and the gospel, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. How many people in the world today don't believe that a baby in the womb is sacred? God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Then what does he say? Before you were born, I dedicated you. We don't have the right to kill innocent babies. They're already given an image and likeness of God. Then he says in Jeremiah 1 as he concludes, A prophet to others, I appointed you. Now we sit and we cry when somebody dies of cancer. Don't we? But if we kill that baby that had a mission to be the cure for cancer, we will never get it. That's why life has to be considered sacred. That's why I applaud the justices of the Supreme Court this week, trying to make the voice of truth, the voice of a good shepherd, the voice of our God known, and his values loved. Not everybody in our community is going to agree with that. But not everybody in our community has faith enough to get up on Sunday morning to come to Mass. What happens when we throw God out? We wonder why we don't hear His voice. Mothers, I want to say thank you for choosing life. Without you, none of us would be here today. And that's why I think, how do we listen to the Good Shepherd? We need to pray that others will have the desire that heaven is their home. As the Good Shepherd's voice directs us right there because He wills what is best for us. This week, I encourage you to spend time every day trying to listen for His voice in your prayer period. You know, I think in relationships, there are people sometimes who do all the talking who never listen. There are people who listen all the time but never talk. God desires us to talk and to listen to Him. Now, I can't say that I'm perfect. But I remember the tugging in my heart when I believed God called me to the priesthood. That's not what I wanted to do in my life. I wanted to be an optometrist. But God found a way to use other people to help me to understand His call. If my heart was closed, I would not be standing here before you today. What is God calling you to become great? That's where the Good Shepherd wants to lead you. As we come to this altar to receive Him today, Jesus, open our ears and our hearts that we may know Your special love for us in a special way. Mothers, congratulations. Thank you for choosing life. <laughs>